Ben. Yes. Can I ask you a little question? Yeah. Before we get on with this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what is generally uh, the age at which you're allowed to drink alcohol in most states in the US? 21. What episode is this? 21! Episode 21 of the More Than Mostly Comedy podcast. It's yeah. like mostly comedy, but it's more than that. If you want more mostly comedy, or if you want just more than just mostly comedy, yeah. this is it. Something else other than mostly comedy. Yeah. This is what you get. This is what you get. Us talking like this. Just like this as we are now. Yeah. Um, now, uh, before we start properly, uh, just to let you know, uh, there are two other episodes uh, that are still to come. Mm. Uh, I'm not available yet online, uh, 19 and 20. But we felt, and I think we had very good reason as well, that we needed to jump right ahead to this one. Yeah. Because good tonight, reason. very good reason, two very good reasons, Glenn. Because tonight, yeah. I don't know if you're aware of this, but we interviewed the house, literal household names that are Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee. What? Did you not see this? I did. I was there. You, you you were there. You said words. I said words. I don't know what order they came out in, but they they definitely were words. You were largely coherent. Good. Um, which was glad. Good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, amazing. Got to yeah. speak to these two people who are, are we are huge fans. As yes. becomes very evident during this interview. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but rather than waffling for too long, let, let's just go on and hear it. Let, let's just hear. It. I I really want to hear it. So let's do it. Let's do it right now. Here we go. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Paul Daniels, and I'm sitting here with Debbie McGee. The lovely Debbie McGee. I'm Don't sorry. The lovely. the lovely Debbie McGee. Now, I have to say, we can't give that description to either of the two that are about to interview her. No, you, Laurel and Hardy springs to mind. <laughs> I thought you were going to interview us. I was hoping for yeah, no, I, I like why, that. I, I like the switch around. Yeah. But well, as they just said, we're delighted to be sat here with Paul Daniels and Debbie McGee. It's, I can't believe it. I am, I am a little bit... Um, Little bit what? Starstruck is what I was going to say. First off, I have to say, and it's awkward, but genuinely, Paul, uh, you are the reason that I decided I want to become a performer. Completely the reason. Um, and we actually said that. Um, I, should well, be, I should so be on your commission. F- oh, no, hang on. <laughs> I really should be on commission here, Debbie. Then I could buy more shoes. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it's your fault. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we were both saying, actually, that probably our first experience of performing was through the magic set. Really, your, mm. your magic mm. set, and probably the first time you did anything showing uh, your family. You were yeah, saying. well, we, we were talking the other day about it, and I said I think my first ever experience of performing to anyone was using the stuff from your magic mm. box, the Paul Daniels magic set. So it, it was quite funny when we were, we were both saying the same thing. We were like, yeah. What was we? yeah, that was the first time I ever stood in front of someone, even if it was my mum and dad, and performed mm. something. So and they're like, quite critical, aren't they? Yeah, so yeah. They, they weren't happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they didn't get a psychiatrist in for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's what I would have done. Yeah. And I, I actually took it a bit more seriously than you. Didn't I? For, for a while, I was very into magic, and I, I wanted to be a magician. And I will, we will get to interviewing you in a sec, but I just sort of had to say this. Why can't we do this as the interview? That's yeah. what I want to know. Well, we can do. I find this far more interesting. Oh, do you we'll think? tell you about us. Because I, yeah. I know what I've been up to. This is true. What, what have you been up to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since we were born. Uh, start yeah. The but yeah, no, it basically, through magic, led me into acting and everything else. Mm. But I entered competitions and did my thing. And thanks to you, I won a holiday to Weymouth. And all expenses paid, holiday to Weymouth, <laughs> to compete in a final of a competition that I then didn't get. But Weymouth is fantastic. That old harbour yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. Mm. And there's a mm. restaurant on the other side mm. of the harbour from the theatre that we mm. used to work in. If it's still and, there. And Malums. it's still there. Mm. Malums. And it was, it was just a great restaurant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We still had a nice hotel on the front, didn't we? We did, well? yeah. We used to um, 
work on a show together and we stayed there didn't we yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think I can't it wasn't a very nice hotel was it? Oh, have I built it up yeah I can't remember mm. it being that nice that hotel the theatre's lovely I'm, I can yeah. picture the theatre it's kind yeah, of around the, the bay the, the pavi- pavilion yeah. mm. really I, nice. I was playing Buddy Holly in the show as a Buddy Holly thing but oh. one day the vehicle carrying the glasses and the costumes was stuck in traffic so it's a situation where we're at the theatre and it's like but I can't be mm. Buddy without the oh. glasses oh yeah so they arrived in the end, and yeah. but anyway, could have drawn them on your face. <laughs> Just <laughs> get a lack of sideways thinking here. Then. This yeah. is true. Yeah. I was going to ask actually. So you saying about uh, David saying about um, winning a competition because of Paul Daniels? Does that mean you used his magic trick in the act that you did? Therefore, do you owe him money for winning that competition? Bring that up now. It's intensely awkward. I'm just saying. Uh, no, yeah. um, no, no. It was more that Paul inspired me. So oh, okay. So okay, right. So it wasn't specifically a trick from his box. No, tricks, no, no. I, from Davenport's. From Davenport. Anyway, stuff. <laughs> there, go, there goes my commission, Debbie. Yeah. No. <laughs> but we, we were going to ask you because for us as kids, uh, the magic set really made magic so accessible um, mm. for a new generation of people. How was it for you? Because I presume when you first got into magic what what did you do what was your route i am from a beautiful village in the northeast called south bank and it's got palm trees around the duck pond and uh, it's the most polluted or it was there's a lot of it gone now this is an old gag isn't it you know they pulled it down and built a slum um (laughs) they've improved it it's uh and I was the only boy in the town to get a scholarship to go to Sir William Turner's in Redcar, uh, which was a grammar-based school. And that was really interesting, because as I walked through the front door, little scruffy Daniels, mm-hmm. um, in my uniform that my parents had scrabbled their money together to get me this uniform, and all the masters, were, it was an all-boys school, all masters were in cap and gown. And mm. I looked at them and I thought, wow, <laughs> these guys must know more than me. <laughs> and, and I had, they instantly had my respect. Mm. Years go by and my own kids were talking about John or Fred or somebody. And I said, well, what does he do? You know, they said, oh, it's one of our teachers. And I was horrified, you know. <laughs> How can you respect somebody who yeah. wants you to call him John or Fred? Yeah. There we go. The way it was. But that doesn't say how you started magic. Who cares? <laughs> well, I'll tell them then. Yeah, oh, go, go on. Oh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the lovely Debbie Vigil. <laughs> when Paul was 11, he went on holiday to Old Byland. Isn't that right? And it was very rainy, and yeah. he was staying in this lady's house. And he found a book on, um, it was a Victorian book that had magic tricks and other things that boys could do. Right. And so there was a mathematic magical trick in there that he learnt. And Paul was very, very, very shy. But he found... He still am. What do you mean? <laughs> he was very, very he shy. He was, yes. I in is. capital letters. I was. <laughs> and he found that showing tricks to people um, helped him overcome his shyness. He had something to connect with them without having to make conversation. Mm, right, yeah. So uh, that's how it all began. He still does that trick now. Uh, yeah, I, I do. It's yeah, funny you should time say to that. time. It's not in the short term. No, like the last last year's tour you did it, oh, I think. Or the that year was the before. first trick you learned. Yeah. Yeah, it's got it's been on Kellogg's cornflake packets and everything right. ever since. It's in mm. crackers, you know, Christmas yeah, yeah, crackers yeah. and all that. Yeah. But um, I've altered it somewhat, but it's uh, <laughs> but it's it's still a great trick, and it got me a TV show. 
many, many years later. I was on a train and, uh, see Debbie, I have been on a train. And <laughs> we have, yes, there's a private joke there. Okay. <laughs> he doesn't go on trains now. I don't now. go on trains. Uh -huh. And so I wanted to, and somebody said, show me a trick. So I had that in my wallet when I did it. And the guy sitting opposite turned out to be a TV producer. And right. he said, uh, uh, can you do that again? And I did it again and something else, you know. So you get the jobs. Yeah, yeah. We were going to ask you actually, because when it came to doing the Paul Daniels Magic Show, Mm. Um, was it a, sort of an unusual con concept to pitch a sort of a solely a magic show? Cause no, it, no, it wasn't. Um, what happened was uh, the BBC had a member of the Magic Circle as a producer, a man called John Fisher. Right. And John had already talked them into doing magic shows. And the BBC in those days had men that used to go out and find acts and they would put them into this show and that show and the other show. Mm. Now in the meantime, while that's going on, uh, I had been working the clubs and this and that and I had decided, after about four years really, that uh, I was better than the clubs. Right. And so that wasn't conceit, that was people saying to me, you know, why, Hini, you're a great act like, you know, and I'll translate that for you later. And it was, uh, it was just, I went for it. I found a good PR. I found a person to hype me onto television. Right. And, and he did. And when I uh, got to the Batley Variety Club, it, this poor sod had been sitting there for about three hours because it was a, a drum <laughs> convention right. and the whole stage area was covered in drums right. and after about three hours of all of that I burst on stage and, and he liked me but he didn't have a place for me on right. the BBC so he phoned uh, Johnny Hamp the executive producer of, BB, of Granada television and he says you've got to see this guy and it was Johnny Hamp that gave me the break. Right. Everybody says opportunity knocks. It wasn't, it was Johnny Hamp. Oh, okay. Will Tappers and Chunters Club, which is now for sale. You can see me complete with hair and everything. <laughs> yeah, really good. Oh, wow. So opportunity knocks then actually wasn't the thing that got you into TV? No, no, opportunity knocks. About two or three weeks before I was due on, um, I got a letter to say I would be coming second. Oh, oh really? Hello, showbiz. Wow. <laughs> Mind you, that from the way that they do things nowadays with Britain's Got Talent, things like that, I'm just, that doesn't surprise me actually. Not at all. Those, no, I, yeah. I've never since that moment. I've never believed in any voting systems on television or radio mm -hmm. or anything. No, because also it makes sense. It is a business television. Yeah, they yeah. can't just leave it to luck. They've got no. to give a good program. No, that's true. And if yeah. it was just left up to the voting, it could end up. Any kind of competition program yeah. would be boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. if yeah. everyone went for everyone who was just amazing, actually, you might end up with one type of act. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah but you can't. You really can't um, put a, a singer up against a juggler. No, no, no that's no. a nonsense. No. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't put a comic up against a Pavarotti. You know, you, mm. that can't happen. Um, I've off. I've disagree with you somewhat in that I think that there is a space and the BBC are probably the only channel that could do it whereby 
you would have a family in, in Edinburgh, a family in Glasgow, a family in Manchester, Sheffield, Leeds, so on, and they would all vote like they vote on uh, Eurovision Song Contest. Mm. Mm. And, and they would vote for the act that they like best, watching television, mm. because it's a television yeah. competition. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, because you've got four untalented people sitting there, mm criticising mm. acts, totally influenced by the screaming and all the rest of it, yeah. um, and whether they've signed the contract or not, mm. it's, it's just, it's not fair. I also wonder whether it might make people decide not to go into performing, because suddenly it creates the impression that that's what an audition is like, whereas generally when you go to an audition, people yeah. aren't nasty mm. to your face, you know, it's, it's away from the room, and I just wonder whether that sort of... Do you know I, mean? I don't Courage think it that. does because no. I th people that succeed in in the entertainment industry in mm. whatever field mm. are not always the talented people. No. It's always the people that don't give up and just mm. take rejection mm. after rejection and just keep knocking on the doors and keep pushing and pushing for work. Is that why you said yes to me? Could be. <laughs> I just just wanted to ask. But you know, they're no, the people know. that you know. We've been in the business a very long time. Yeah, yeah. They are the people that succeed. They're people mm. say, "Oh yeah, well they're lucky." It never mm. is to do no, with luck. No, no. The, yeah, no. there's the odd lucky moment, mm. but the people that we know that have kept working is because they haven't just left it up to an agent, and they pushed and pushed and pushed. Yeah. So I think that those sort of programs like Britain's Got Talent, I think people that are put off. If they if they're mm. put off because they think auditions are like that would would have given up at some point anyway. Yeah, true. true. Yeah, there that's is that. Yeah. That's just my personal. Yeah, opinion. yeah. <laughs> it's that they're just taking a shot at it, aren't they? Rather yeah. than actually going, this is something I seriously want to consider and keep. Because like you say, yeah. you do have to get used to rejection. Yeah, <laughs> it's, part, it's yeah. not an easy business. No. no, no. Was it um, when you started doing magic on telly? Was it very different to doing it in, on stage? I know you tend to have an audience with you, but no. Uh, what happened was I had um, well. Until the age of 30, I wasn't in this business. I, I did work in men's clubs and on the side and jobs like that, but I had an accountancy job. Um, and I observed that there was one guy in particular, Johnny Hart, and Johnny had, he was doing uh, an act with budgerigars, you know, yeah. parakeets, whatever you want to call them. And every time he was on over a period of two years I was watching, he did exactly the same thing. Right. And I was listening to my friends around, and uh, did you see the magician last night? But they never said, did you see Johnny Hart? Right. So uh, I knew when I went on TV, I would try to do a different act every time. Hmm. Yeah. Which seemed to work. But yeah. Also, because your background with the Middlesbrough Circle of Magicians was learning different things. You name drop them. Yeah. <laughs> you are. I know. Yeah. No, it was a great. The Circle of Magicians in Middlesbrough was great. They um, they all wanted to perform. Right. You know, whereas the Magic Circle hmm. uh, in London, they are not bothered about performing. Right. Well, their first question, oddly enough, is very Yorkshire. How much? Mm. You uh, know. Yeah. Um, whereas in Middlesbrough. Every two weeks you had a meeting right. and 
of those every other week, <laughs> of those two weeks, was a competition. And okay. so everybody was up and trying and right. trying to earn, earn points and stuff. Yeah. But it was a different theme every time. I thought yeah. that was a good idea. Okay. So it yeah, wouldn't yeah, yeah. be a liquid trick you had to do or right. a trick with silks. And but surely that's the only way you can hone your act, though, if you're actually doing it every week. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only way to learn about magic, yeah. I mean, is to do all the kinds of magic. Yeah. I mean, we've talked earlier before this interview about Dynamo, who I think mm. is very, very good. Mm. Yeah. Now, Dino... Um, is brilliant. Uh, I haven't seen the latest show uh, with a deck of cards. Right. Yeah. But he's not so good at stage presence and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. And so what's happened is the pop industry spots these guys at parties and think, oh wow, we'll make mm. a TV show. Then find out they can't do it. You know. Yeah. So yeah. They've, they've they've been training him for about twelve months now. Yeah. Really. I have to say we were watching uh, a little bit of because we both both used to, used to watch Wizbit. As well. mm-hmm. um, yeah, reminding ourselves about it. It's one of those programs where the theme tune sticks in your head and you think, I know, what was it? Yeah. Can, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to remember the actual detail of the program. Well, but for the nation, I shall now reveal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. I invented rap. Oh, really? There we go. It's all my fault, folks. Wow. You know, you thought it came. My dad would be furious. <laughs> <laughs> Dark continent, no, no. I got a letter saying... Uh, I'm getting married from a girl. I'm getting married, and I want. Uh, I, I'm trying to find the Wizbit rap. <laughs> Wizbit rap. I mean, I, I did all the voices and everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, eventually, I, I took the tapes out and I put it in, and it was. Uh, once I was a little bit, little bit, little bit. <laughs> once I was a little bit, three feet high. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was, uh, and it was me. And it was. <laughs> oh, I invented rap. There we go. <laughs> I was thinking we were watching a little bit the other day, and I just love the fact that you always would sort of sit back on it. I really like that sort of gentle but yeah. funny, and just it's like a performance to you. I just think that's a great thing when so many things are so very showy. Obviously, you did all the illusions. No, no, no. I just love um, that sort of no, that was from watching the Max Bygrave show. I oh, really very, very early on in my career when uh, television was uh, was coming through. Uh, there was the Max Bygrave show, and in our office. Uh, fellas would say, did you see that violinist on the Max Bygrave show last night? Mm. Did you see the comedian on the Max Bygrave show last night? And I thought, no, (laughs) they're not talking their names, they're talking the Max Max Bygrave Bygrave show. So I always went looking for the the best acts I could find. Right, yeah, yeah. Did you, for for Wisbit, did you... You, were you in the Wisbit costume doing the magic? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were talking about this the other day because mm. we were watching it and I said, because I'd forgotten Wisbit did magic mm. tricks. Yeah, that was but sort of interesting. Went, Hang on, so I'm assuming that someone that you... No, sometimes, um, sometimes those were the hands of Pat Page. Do you know Pat Page of Davenport's a long time ago? Oh, yes. Okay, wee yeah, Scots yeah. fella. Uh, gone now, sadly. But he was, uh, he was also around on the set and he was also um, kind of a... He would be asked if he could come up with a solution to this problem because I wouldn't be there. I'd be doing something else, right, yeah. you know. And so it's, uh, but the show cost money. Right. Really, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, really? high production values in that yeah. show. Yeah. Well, I thought the the, um, the sort of island or the city, the the fist thing. Puzzleopolis. Really, yeah, Puzzle it looked list. it looked great. It yeah. really looked. I don't really know how how it flew, how it was, but it really looked. Mm. Really, really good. And yeah, that time, we built it. Yeah, it was quite ahead of its time in that respect, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, we wanted to take on Disney 
<laughs> Disney won. Um. <laughs> and the, the woolly rabbit character, mm. the mm. six foot rabbit, was yeah this six foot guy Harry. who lost something like two stone in the two weeks <laughs> <laughs> of the recording. The wardrobe so lady, hot. the wardrobe lady knitted that costume, oh, no. mm. and it was stuffed with foam. And this tall black fellow went in, came out a lot thinner. Mm. <laughs> it was really funny. It could be like a fitness regime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. We've heard that with actually with things like Teletubbies as well. I think they end up mm. yeah. so yeah. much weight. Did you uh, sort of devise it? Was it how? how did it no, it about? came from uh, Barry Murray. Uh, Barry Murray is a great magic researcher. Uh, strange fellow. He was uh, and still is uh, a pop band producer, producer, okay. director that kind of thing but he's um, and he came at me he had an interesting concept if you've got people listening to this who are hard up you've got to go way back in time now he looked at how much he needed to exist for the year what would pay all his bills and back then that was £10,000 and for £10,000 that would pay all the council taxes phone bills everything and uh, because he was involved in the football he loves football and he um, he went up to Liverpool and recorded Matt Busby I think and made an LP and he made 10,000 LPs and sold them at a one pound profit I'm talking (laughs) about net you know and to record Matt Busby mixing sound effects from uh, from BBC broadcasts to football mm-hmm. matches with the cop your roaring and all that in the background, mm-hmm. and to sell them, get them into the shops, pressed, printed, and he legged it around all the shops in Liverpool, right. and he sold from start to finish. That took two weeks, and he had ten thousand in the bank. Right. That's the way to make money. And he's yeah. A, yeah, very yeah. creative guy. So the rest of the time he'd yeah. be writing and right. you know, doing other record a, projects. Yeah, it's a bonus, yeah. yeah. Oh, and then he approached you, did he? Yeah, well, he oh, we were already he, good friends. Yeah, yeah. He, he had the idea for the story, didn't he? Well, he, then he decided he would, make, he would help the Magic Circle by making an LP for the Magic Circle. And it was an LP of magic tricks. You would play them, the LP. Right. And go and find the spoon in the kitchen and come back and do it. Um, so, so it talks you through the, the method? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. You just were told what to do and the trick worked. Oh, I see. Mm. So you, as, and while you're listening, you're sort of learning yeah. the trick. and then by Yeah, the end, yeah. Going, oh, well, you're doing it. You're actually yeah. doing yeah. it. You yeah. could yeah. then go and show somebody else. Yeah. But he needed somebody to link it because he got Alan Jackson doing one track, Ali Bongo doing another track. Mm. And he finished up in my house and he says, it's just a lot of little bits and I need something. And I just read a short story about um, a spaceship coming from outer space. And the scientists were also excited, but they couldn't understand it. Mm. And when they ran outside, because the spaceship had landed, there was nothing there. Right. And they'd stood on it. Right. And the reason they couldn't understand it was because these were little, little, little tiny people. And because they, they were very tiny, they were dumb like this, dumb like this, dumb like this, dumb like this. So, <laughs> and from that short story, I came out, well, I said, well, what you ought to do is, you know, 
Hi there, my name's Wisbeth. I come from the planet of Wow. I'm only here for <laughs> one year, one day. I live with my friend, Wooly Rabbit. And so the voices came from that. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to show you when we go back into the theatre because there's big gates that lead into the archway. And before this gig, I always have referred to Wisbeth because <laughs> it yeah. reminds me of coming into the, the, yeah. the puzzle yeah, So Yeah, yeah. And, it, and now, bizarrely, we're leading you through there, which is just so surreal. Well, so yeah, but you want to, you know, the guy we said goodbye to as we came out here. Yeah. Um, he should be asking us a riddle. Mm. Yes. Do you think? Let's, yes. Yes. Let's do that. Let's find yeah. it here. Find yeah. it here. Yeah. But it's, it's such an iconic tune though, isn't it? Because um, yeah. my wife's cousin the other day, without knowing that you were coming here, she yeah. lives way oh, in just yeah. started singing Ha Ha This Away. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, it's funny you should be singing this. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those tunes, isn't it? Those yeah. people just, without thinking about mm. it, come in. I own all the rights to Wisby. I do. I, I, I own it, except mm. the music. Oh, really? Oh, that's... <laughs> Barry insisted he wanted to keep the music. Okay. Fair bit. He knew. And I, I always thought it was Papa this away. And it was and now yeah, I think Papa. Yeah. But is it haha? I wasn't a true fan. I hadn't really done mm. my research. Yeah. Yeah. So Debbie, what was your background? Because you were you a dancer to start? I was, with? Yeah, so I um I trained at the Royal Ballet School. Right. But I also trained in every form of dance. Okay. And then I became a classical ballet dancer and uh, I went to Iran because they were pay paying lots of money. Right. But I had to get out of there because there was sort of like a revolution going on. Mm. Came back to England and uh, just needed a dancing job and got put in the Paul Daniels show. But I yeah. didn't know who Paul was. Right. And I didn't like magic. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you changed your opinion now? So there we go. Still? I only like good magic. Well, there you Make of that what you will. Yeah. I'm very fussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm very uh, fussy. But Paul, when we were doing the TV series, mm. Paul would always ask me what I thought of something we were doing because I looked at it through the eyes of somebody who wasn't looking at the trick. I was looking yeah. at the performance because of my mm. background. Mm. You know, I, I looked at the whole picture. Yeah. So, in fact, in the last few series, it was me and the director who, if they had any close-up magicians coming on, mm. that we would go and they would show us the repertoire and I would choose what they were going to do on the show. Oh, wow. Yeah, because Paul was too busy at that point. But. Yeah, it, it was, it's been, it was a very interesting 15, 16 years to get all the best magicians, mm. if you like, uh, certainly the best speciality acts, um, that kind of person. And it, is ast oh, it was astonishing how many name magicians really didn't cut it on camera. Right, yeah, yeah. Including, oddly enough, Jay Marshall, right. who was the dean of American magicians. Right. And a delightful man, a delightful mm. man. You've got to love any mm. man that has on his coffin. Uh, this is a brass plaque that said, this is not the first time I've died. <laughs> You've got to love the guy. And he'd worked at the Palladium and, oh, and all sorts as right. well over the yeah. years, hadn't he? I mean, yeah. he was a huge named act mm. in America. But what was it that meant they didn't transfer onto TV then? They what about their No, cameras, cameras don't like everybody. Mm. Just, is it just their look or the way they sort of well, formed the routine, do you think? What the caller, um, the Copperfield was going out with. Uh, Claudia Schiffer. Schiffer. Oh, yeah. Claudia yeah. Schiffer, you see her live, she's all right. Mm. You know, mm. the camera loves her. Yeah, yeah. And it. also some people don't know how to work television yeah. who've worked in theatre for a long time yeah, yeah. Mm. and in theatre you have to work so big because mm. the people at the back have got to understand yeah. your gestures mm. and if you work like that on television it's far too big mm. on television it's a small screen 
to a couple of people in their living room, which yeah. is what Paul always tells people in their master, in his master classes. Right, yeah. Is you have to, you know, the best book to read if you've never done any television is Michael Caine's book on acting. Right teaching about film cameras, but it actually tells you about working in front of a camera. Right, yeah, yeah. It must it, be a challenge then if you're then working with a live audience in the studio, but also for cameras, so you're sort of doing a bit of no, both? Or, or no, primarily a, a television show is for the uh, people about 12 feet away from you. Mm. Uh, old, old money. 12 feet away. Um, Sorry, we do feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do feet for <laughs> distance, yeah. yes. And, and there's two or three of them sitting on a settee. Mm. that's the audience not mm. that mass in yeah, the yeah. studio mm. and that's why my TV shows work so well mm. on, on telly because I would talk to you with home mm. and that's mm. the thing I meant about watching that little clip of Whisper mm. and the, that sort of talking oh, to yeah, that thing. Definitely. Yeah. there's also a thing yeah. I know John Cleese was very insistent when they made Faulty Towers about not playing for the laughs in the room mm. play for the laughs at home yeah. talk yeah. over the laughs because at home you're not going to be laughing for that yeah, long the audience in the studio is just to give it atmosphere. Yeah. If you don't have an audience in the studio, it this sound comes across very dead. Mm. It's very. It's like being in an empty room and the echo. Yeah. It's mm. you can hear it. It's weird, mm. but you can, can't you? Because we watched television now, and there are certain programs, and we go, mm -hmm, "There's no audience in that studio." Yeah. 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 It's funny you say that. Actually, we were talking the other day I about go um, Wipeout, mm. um, and. I remember, I can't remember who it was, but someone told me there was a guy they knew that used to put the laughter onto, I think it was the Bob Monkhouse mm. episodes of Wipeout. I don't know if that's true. Well, that I see, because I went to see a recording of you doing Wipeout many, many moons ago. Yes. Um, and I remember there was a moment uh, where you were doing one of the links uh, and it was meant to feed a clap and I was the only one who clapped and, and you laughed. And I, I, do you remember that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just out of however many episodes of what? He used to, how many days <laughs> yeah, to make a I really, really, yeah. I'll be deeply upset if you don't remember. Four yeah. days. Four days, day. yeah. But that was to a, an audience, though, I guess. Yes, all the was audience. audience. Mm. Oh, yeah, well, of course, yeah. yeah. They won't say it. Yeah. It was an audience of one, but yeah. Yeah. it was very useful. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we kept recording it and playing it back and adding yeah. it on. It's very <laughs> interesting, though, going and how things have changed. Mm. Because um, going back then to the 80s, when Paul did Wipeout, late 80s, uh, in America, they would do four a day. They right. were doing that by then. But in, in at the BBC in those days, if you had a game show, which mm. Paul had had a couple before that, they wanted you to do one a week, which Ooh. meant they had to put the set up and take it down and put oh, it back yeah, up again. Yeah. And Paul, for a couple of years, fought with them and said, but why don't we just do them mm. in blocks? Mm. And then eventually, when you did Wipeout, they gave in, didn't they? And now, of course, they all do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it makes mm. sense, doesn't it, surely, mm. to have that. They always said it'd be too much for the crew. Oh, really? And they told the it's crew, yeah. Uh, but they told the crew it'd be too much for me. <laughs> for real. So everyone. I think yeah, it's just people really don't really like change, do they? They like no. doing what they've got used to, and, and yeah. that's the way it went. But I, I always found it sad watching the Bob Monkhouse episodes of it and knowing that there might not be an actual audience in there. And you think that's so. And I presume. Particularly that's when he was a master of working yeah. with the audience. So you just. You saw it. He so was, no, he was a master of working with live audience. Right. He yeah, wasn't yeah. a master of working uh, with television. Yeah. No, I did. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess there was a persona that. Bob Monkhouse had that was a little bit standoffish almost on, on television. No, he knew, on the TV, yeah. he knew the camera didn't like him. Right. Yeah, and we that, talked to him about it. Yeah, oh, really? I talked to him about it. Yeah, he froze a, him up a bit. He was a lovely right. man. And he, you know his famous books of all his jokes mm. written in. Mm. 
Yeah, we've actually seen them because oh, really? a wow. friend of ours inherited them. Oh, really? So he came round to dinner and brought them with him. Oh, wow. It yeah. must be fascinating. Because he was a great cartoonist. Yeah, yeah so it's all little yeah. drawings. Little pictures, there? drawings, speechy bubbles and all that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've just been, I learned about him over at um, the Edinburgh Festival this year because a friend of ours directed a one-man show uh, mm. that someone else we know did up there with, uh, playing Bob Monkhouse. Oh, wow. A fantastic uh, impression mm. of Bob Monkhouse. Amazing. But um, I sort of had to research a lot of it to do some of the stuff I did on the show. So it was amazing because I didn't really know much about Bob Monkhouse. No, until then, I saw some lovely footage of a gig he did very, very late on in his mm. life. It was two other, other comics. Mm. It was just yeah. amazing. Because just yeah. the respect in the room for one. Oh, just, absolutely. Just wonderful. You know, and also very different style of comedians as well. And you just, you know, there's the respect. Yeah, well, Bob had um, a partner for a long time called Dennis Goodwin. And Dennis had the dream of being a stand-up. Right. And he did try it, and it was not successful. He was one of these people who can write it, but couldn't deliver it. Right, okay. And I think that's the big problem with a lot of uh, people that you, you'll even get here, yeah. uh, where they write it all, yeah. but they can't deliver it. Yeah. Whereas in the old days, the writers would sell it mm. to the people who could deliver it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In yeah. fact, we went to see um, in Edinburgh uh, Jim Bowen doing the mm. Bullseye show, and he was so amazed. And we was interviewing a comic as part of the show, mm. and he was like, "Oh, you write all your stuff." Oh, yeah, he was, and, wasn't he? And yeah. he sort of couldn't get his head around it. But that's of course for that reason mm. because it that's was a reason. different business, yeah. wasn't it? People would write the stuff for you. Mm. Yeah, it really has I mean, changed now. As two young guys, I can. Th if you haven't read Bob's autobiography, so oh, I think yeah. there's three. Right. Mm. That's a real lesson in show business really? because yeah, of right. the work that. He'd, he'd done, he wasn't mm. always a stand-up comic, the mm. writing that he'd done, uh, you know, because he was in plays, and also it's just really, he had such an interesting life. And he got, he, you know, I mean, the BBC got letters from all over the country. Right. Yeah. Um, when they took his programme off. When they took his programme yeah. off, right, they right, bring right. back Bob Monkhouse, and right. this, that, and mm. but they were all written by Bob. Yeah, really? really? Yeah. yeah, and he posted <laughs> them from all over That's the country. Amazing. Wherever he was appearing. <laughs> that's where the letters came Genius. Oh, that's so amazing. if we went around the country and said, give Doggy give an dog a television show, yeah. do you think that would work? Well, it might. Well, it might. You never know. It's Let's try it. We'll try it. We'll try it. We'll try it. Yeah. It's worth a try, isn't yeah. it? Everything's yeah. worth a try. We've seen them live, you should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have yeah. to learn different handwriting. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right yeah. feet and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. We won't keep you much longer because we've gone just giving you a break, really, as well. But how did you get into presenting game shows? Was it And was it a strange transition to go into something where you weren't performing magic? Nope. I, um, all right, uh, Johnny Carson, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was the great Carsini before he was a, a TV uh, host, mm. um, who else was on there, there was the, Carson was the biggest mm. and then there was a, a little slim guy, he had a lot of magicians on as well, he was a magician and so when they came on to me and said we want more magic shows, I said, no, no, I, I do 10, that's it, bump, I'll do 10. Um, I'll do a chat show, and they said, oh no, don't be ridiculous, you're the magician, and because you do get pigeonholed. And so I said, well, I might be the magician, but uh, you know, if you go to America, Johnny Carson is the number one man. There's, there's nobody has matched him when it comes to presenting uh, a chat show. And uh, and so uh, they went to find um, uh, any kind of game show for me, I guess. And a guy who we'll be seeing on Sunday, Howard, 
he came in with a, a stack of cassettes try this one try that one try this one mm. and I said well I, I like that one and <laughs> um, that was how it began right. and after three or four years of that I said no we've done that now for three or four years let's switch to this right. one yeah, oh, the first okay. one was odd one out, wasn't it? Yeah, the first yeah. one was odd one out. Then the uh, second one, I think... It was every second count. I loved that one. That was great. I mean, that was very counts. much our yeah. era, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Every second yeah. count was a great game. Yeah. And, um, and then Wipeout. Then Wipeout. And by then, I, I was moving on. I had time to mm. move. Mm. Uh, and yeah. the, the reason Paul stopped doing Wipeout and Bob Monkhouse started doing it was because the guy who owned Wipeout, sold it to a different television company. Oh, okay. okay. And they just then said, Ooh, mm. Oh, production cool. company. Mm. Did mm. it stay on BBC One? It was BBC I, I, I seem to remember it went to being like a lunchtime mm. type yeah, daytime yeah, show. Changed. Yeah, they, the, again, you're, you're back to television management and at yeah. the moment they're being taught by media study people who have never actually made a TV show. Mm. And so they don't really understand the the regularity of what they're doing yeah. um we watch um antique shows because they're on every day at exactly the same time doing exactly the same thing saying the same words over and over mm -hmm. um game shows have gone the way there's only one great game show on at the moment and that's the chase um, do you know what pointless uh, well, pointless is all right, but you yeah. went to university and I didn't. Oh, I did. Well, <laughs> I, I, I create the impression I did. Yeah, it's just <laughs> no, we really did. Really did. Not, yeah. Yeah. The reason we yeah. prefer the chase to pointless, yeah. and we, when pointless started, we both liked it a lot. Mm. And we still do watch it from time mm. to time. Time, to time. You know, it's still, but the chase is always entertaining because mm. Bradley oh, is an entertainer. He is so good. And he's on the side it's all about of him. the contestants. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Where Pointless, yeah. although I think Alexander and uh, Richard, isn't it, do yeah. a good job, yeah. it is a university type of humour and it's yeah, very yeah. samey. Yeah, it's very yeah. dry as well. Very yeah, dry. you know, and I do understand it, but yeah. it's very samey. Mm. So, you know, it's like watching Eggheads. It's the same mm. script every day. Mm. This isn't the no, same, but it, it gets a bit. I like the way mm. I like the way the guy, you know, the the team of eggheads get beaten, and he says, "Well, eggheads, who will beat you?" And I think they've just beaten you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you not just see? Yeah. 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 Did you not watch your own show? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, I think you saw Bradley Walsh in Panto as well. I, I saw, saw him in Panto. I saw actually saw him at the theatre down the road. Just um, he was a friend of someone who was doing like a charity gig, and he just mm. came on and did just mm. some oh, chats yes. with the audience. He was just brilliant, off mm. the cuff, absolutely no script. There was no yeah. real reason for him to be there other than just to present something, but he was just amazing. And that's the first time I'd seen him on stage. Mm. But, I mean, he did, since, you know, he just... was a comedian. He, mm. He's done acting, he's done everything, yeah. and he can do it all. Yeah. But also, yeah, he's got the experience as well, and he's he came from a time where you were being directed by people that knew how to direct, mm. yeah. you know. Yeah. But they've, those sort of people seem to have reappeared on TV. They sort mm. of went away for a bit, and now they seem to have come back yeah. again. Bradley Walsh and um, I suppose Strictly brings Bruce. yeah mm. those sort of things back, and yeah the the variety. Yeah, there's a bit do. more. Yeah, there is. Yeah, and I think that's great with Strictly because it shows that people are still interested in yeah. variety and how you know, and obviously you did it yourself. So mm. yeah, <laughs> I have no problems with walking on the stage. Um, I don't know if you know Voronin, the, um, he's a Ukrainian uh, guy. He, he really could have taken over from Danny Kaye, mm. 
right. many years later, but he could. He's very Danny Kaye in his style. Right. And he says, I love to watch you. He's when he talk like this bad, you know, now he's much better. But he said, I love to watch you. It's like watching the fish in the water. <laughs> this is me on stage. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Ron. Yeah. Great, that'll do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Bruce Forsyth as well, and I just love to... The King. Yeah. yeah. I went to see his one-man show, I think it was two years ago, something at the Royal Albert Hall, and it was just incredible. I yeah. mean, he just had the audience, just like that. Wherever he wants them. It's yeah. just beautiful to on, watch. It's, so, it's just amazing. On Strictly, a few people have said to me, oh, you know, they didn't like him on Strictly, yeah. but that was because he was put with somebody else, who's, as Paul said he this is Paul's words he, he's <laughs> not a honest. double act yeah, no, and she no. hasn't got any comedy experience no. and also they made him read off an auto cue which he's never done because no, no. our you know yeah. where we came from in television you learnt your script mm -hmm. you didn't have auto cues and so therefore it didn't do him any favours but when Paul did Strictly I obviously went every week to watch in the audience Bruce would come into the studio and do half an hour before they started recording and was sensational. Amazing. It was I'd the love best to bit have, of the night. I remember, so I've heard that said before, because yeah. I went, I luckily got tickets for Strictly semi-final last year, mm. and I was saying to my wife when we were there, I said, it'd be great if Brucey was still here, because I can just imagine yeah. Yeah. how that would have gone that bit before the, all the live yeah. shows started. He used to come in and just light up that studio. Yeah. I mean, it would just yeah. take off. I was and so excited when yeah. he walked on, like nearly crying, because yeah. it's just so in real life, yeah. perfect to see someone yeah. just at the top of their game, doing their thing, still doing it, I which is the same to... for you. Yeah. Well, he was the one, um, people, you know, people talk about Miranda talking to the camera mm -hmm. uh, and all mm -hmm. that, and if you go back in time, you can see people like uh, Jack Benny, um, George Burns, and they would talk to the camera, mm -hmm. and Brucey, more than aware of this, insisted on one camera locked off recording on a separate machine yeah. that at any time during the show he could just turn and talk to you at all yeah, solid. Mm. And, and then they would edit that in right. you know an yeah. uh, absolute master at his craft mm. yeah. yeah how was the Strictly experience for you doing it we, I was actually watching it back on YouTube mm. the other day just to remind myself 2010 was it you mm. did I, I had to dance with Ola didn't mm. I yeah, yeah. but you know, I mean, they come at you and they say, do you dance? And I mm. said, no, never danced. Mm. Uh, Could Debbie give you some pointers though before yeah, you went in? No, so Debbie can't ballroom dance at all. Uh, uh, no, the only thing I help, the thing that amazed me about Pauline Strictly is that he can't count or feel music at all. Right. I never listened to it. And we do, we were on tour. I don't know how he had the stamina to do everything he did, but we hmm. were on tour in a different place every night. He was rehearsing with Ola during the day. Right. I would drop him off and go with the stage manager and set the show up. Hmm. And a car would bring him to the theater. We'd stay the night there and drive to wherever we were the next day for him to meet Ola yeah. and me go. And he, in hmm. the car journeys, I counted all his music for him. We'd play the, CDs mm. and I would say yep this is when you come in and he never once was off the beat and for me mm. that was just incredible yeah. right. but he, I, you really enjoyed it didn't you but Paul's not very good when he's not in control he likes mm. to be in control and you're mm. not yeah, yeah. I suppose yeah you're just a contestant on something else and where there's a lot of and other not people. in your comfort zone and yeah, that's yeah. 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 yeah but I don't and I don't trust the judging no mm. Oh, really? Mm. I don't trust it. Mm. I asked one question, and that was the week I was off. Yeah. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit terrifying. Yeah. Well, no, it's not, it wasn't that. It yeah. was, um, 
you know, it was very simple. Mm. Uh, we were banned from going in while they shot the finale routine. Okay. And I said, well, why can't we go in? We, we, nobody knows who it's going to be. Yeah. Hmm. And two women came from upstairs almost old enough to drink legally and they said they were <laughs> they were the people that got the uh, we're the only ones who know the results okay and goodbye yeah. uh, and it's a television show it's yeah. the same thing yeah, yeah. so you, but that finale routine well it's they were rehearsing the finale right. weren't oh, they oh I see that supposedly would have been done after the results had been given that's that's interesting it's always interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I know. Hang on, you gotta yeah. love television. I, I found it fascinating watching it live and the way how tight everything was. With the, I think they did a bit mm. of Sunday night show. Then mm. they went into the live show. Then after that, they did the results, and it was just very slick. Mm. I was really impressed with how mm. slick it was and how well, well it, put it, together. it is. If you know what's coming. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and on that note, we probably should. End yes, it. yes. Thank so you so questions. much to both of you. Well, this has been really good. We yes. can go home now. Yeah, yeah. 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 we can go home, Debbie. Yes. So that was um, that was it. That was the interview with Paul and Debbie. Amazing. Yeah, and absolutely amazing. Uh, Not, I'm saying we were amazing. Uh, just amazing that we were there interviewing them. Definitely. I, we've had a lot of big names at Mostly Comedy. We've been really lucky with the people that we have. Yeah. But tonight just sort of blew it all out of the water. Um, yeah. Just, I mean, it's just mad. There's so many moments watching it, and you could really genuinely tell that the audience were in awe tonight. Yeah. That, you know, and it's they just... were excited right from the beginning. I think when we yeah. first came on stage and we were talking about him, there were some people in the front row. You could, I don't know. It's, it just there was a really good vibe in the room. Yeah. And then, it's, yeah, it's just it was just so so exciting. Yeah. And and for both of us, it's like a dream come true. Really, yeah. really is. And they were lovely, really, really lovely, as is self-evident in that interview. Yeah. Um, and, as it, and we said this, we talked about this earlier on, you know, these people, you know, they, they've played Vegas, they've played Broadway, the West yeah. End, and now they've played a glorified shed in Hitchin in Hertfordshire. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, they've done it all now. That's they have. That's, that is, that's a retirement it's be, point. It's got to be it, hasn't it? That's I, gotta be I would. In yeah. fact, I think I might. Should we give up tonight? I think so. I mean, we don't need Broadway, Vegas. We don't need all that stuff. You know, no. we've done the market theatre in Hitchin. Exactly. For That's sake. top of our CVs. Yeah. Um, so uh, do uh, check out their work. Obviously, go and see. I mean, at the moment, they're doing uh, their Intimate Magic Show tour. Uh, if you listen to this show any time between now in November and uh, December. Of I think 2015. 2015. Then uh, you might be able to catch them. And then Panto after that, I believe. Of course, they're in Ipswich this yeah, year. So go yeah. and see that. Uh, but just go and see them any which yeah. time. But to see um, just a, a trill. A trill. A trill. Trill legend. A trill, which is a make of um, birdseed. Um, I know as an owner. Really? I, I didn't know that. I keep budgies. Oh, no, I know. I keep them. You keep budgies. I don't <laughs> what pass them on. Uh, no. I keep them. You just, you just find them yeah. and keep them. Trill. It's a, it's a popular birdseed. Okay. But, but what I was trying to say... I'll bear that in mind when I buy my budgies. Could you? Yeah. And keep them. I will. Uh, what I was trying to say yeah. is that it's, you get a chance to watch a true master of his craft. You know, mm. it's, it's just incredible. Really, really, really good. So do go and see that. Follow them on Twitter as well. Yes. They're both on Twitter, I believe. Um, but also, make sure you check out the other episodes of the More Than Mostly Comedy podcast. Oh, yeah. There are blooming millions of them, Glenn. There are, yeah. In fact, if you're downloading this one from iTunes, you can probably just subscribe, and then you'll get all of the other ones. It's genius. All of the other ones will just appear yeah. on your phone like magic, it's, it's, as if Paul oh, Daniels did it himself. Yeah, clever. And there's interviews with people like Arthur Smith. We've got Richard Herring. I believe there's two of those. There's yeah. Sean Hughes, John Thompson. John, John Hughes Thompson, twice, for goodness sake. John Thompson? Yeah, do you not remember that? I, I do no, remember that. Very well. I'd say, isn't that the same night that we had Catherine? No, that was a different night. Catherine um, Ryan. Catherine Ryan, say. she was there. Yeah, Phil Jupiter's. 
just lots of really great people, and now we've added. And um, all can I say, all genuinely really lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, there was. I can't say there's anyone that I've thought we did an all right interview, but they weren't very nice, or they no. they didn't seem particularly happy. Everyone has been really lovely. I'm not. This is not like we're ending this now. We are no. doing more of these, but <laughs> <laughs> so far, everyone has been really lovely until to talk to one. until the next one. And it's reassuring, isn't it? It's great, yeah. and and particularly, you know, tonight. It was sort of high stakes, really, because mm. when it's someone that you really, really love, you don't want to be let down. You don't want to feel, oh, no, you know, and completely, not that there ever was any chance of that, but completely, just lovely, lovely people. I think I had more of a fear that I would just make absolutely no sense and come across like a bumbling idiot who just was in awe. Um, um, Liam, <laughs> you did. I probably did. You did yeah. do that. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say, actually, the only people that probably uh, we've not liked uh, is each other uh, in these interviews. We, we, yeah, we, we tried... Well, There's the reason why we sit next to each other and not mm. opposite each other, mm. um, just so we don't have to have eye contact and we don't have to... We're sick know. of each other's faces. Yeah. We just want to see other faces. Yeah, God, yeah. Uh, but anyway, do listen to the other episodes yes. of the podcast. Also, come and see Mostly Comedy, for do. goodness sake. If you've just listened to the podcast, which would be crazy, mm. but if you've only listened to the podcast and never actually been to Mostly Comedy... Come along. Yeah. We're in Hitchin, right? We're only in Hitchin. Only in Hitchin. At the, the market. No, we're not. The, we're the market theatre at the moment. And we're moving to the Sun Hotel. And we're moving to the Sun Hotel. Um, Hitchin, 30 minutes out of, uh, from King's Cross yeah. by train. Come and see great, great people for a cheap price. You know, gotcha. next year, 2016, we've got Stuart Lee, Norman oh. Lovett, um, Arthur Smith. Henning Venn. Henning Venn, who we haven't had for a while. No. Really, really good people. Um, come along and see it. Come and support live comedy. It's the best way to see it. And also, go and see Paul Daniels, because go and see Magic Live. It's incredible. Oh, it is incredible. There's nothing like it. And there's, there's not. you don't get a lot of magic on stage. That's, a, that's probably wrong, because you get a lot of magic on stage. <laughs> but, but what I mean is, I mean, I haven't watched a lot of magic on stage no. in my life. I've seen a lot of things at parties. You get um, close-up magicians. But to see magic on stage and to see someone of that calibre do magic on stage mm. there's not, it's just incredible when we started Mostly Comedy first line up yeah. me and you yeah. um, our friend Steve yeah. who we share um, uh, our radio show yeah. with um, Paul who's, who's a good friend of Paul, ours Paul Harry Allen uh, and uh, Spandex Ballet local but all a really really great line up yeah. three pounds to get in those people yeah. now if you said to me that seven years later we would have my childhood hero mm. in fact both of our childhood heroes yeah playing our comedy club and just to even introduce him is just do you know what yeah. these things are not supposed to happen no but uh, it's nice that a little bit of our childhood came back tonight and said hello you know and yeah and stayed exactly there. and he did literally say hello it did like and I could have worded that better anyway we have rambled on we've rambled on we've, eat, we've drunk too much we've eaten too many sandwiches there's a, there's a plate of sandwiches I'm going to eat front all of those sandwiches well you're going to have to because it's all meat now and I don't eat meat oh there we go um so we're gonna. I'm gonna watch Glenn devour these sandwiches. Join us uh, next time. Uh, yes. When hopefully, providing we get time to do it, we'll have an interview with Sean Hughes. Oh, that'll be exciting. Should be exciting. Yeah. Uh, or listen to the other two interviews with Sean Hughes. Yeah. Already had. He's already there. He's already there. We've rabbited on. Go and go and do something else now. You've listened to this. Yeah. Go and do something I mean, if else. you're still listening to this, then good on you. Cause, well done. Um, you're obviously waiting for something that's never going to happen. But yeah. you know, good on you for listening. Should we just never um, finish? I think we shouldn't. I mean, I mean, I can say uh, mostlycomedy.co.uk. Those are words. Yes. Uh, that means go there. There's stuff there. You'll find out about all our forthcoming lineups. 
Uh, <laughs> Do you know? You know, I said we should carry Twitter. on. I think that's the point we should stop. <laughs> at Doggett F. Grave, Twitter. Yeah, follow us uh, on Twitter. Individual Twitter accounts. Uh, at David underscore F. Grave. Yep. At Glyn Doggett. There we go. Yeah. Uh, that's it, really. If you I don't want to follow us, else. plenty of other people on Twitter. You can. Yes. But I'm going to watch Glyn eat a lot of sandwiches now. I'm going to do it now. Do one now. I am. I'm going to time you. This He's is gone for a wrap. He's gone for Are a wrap. We're doing this a lot. Okay, we're doing this yeah. on one thing. Okay. Yeah, go. How is it? It's nice, but there will be a horrible sound. And if no, if people haven't switched off by now, <laughs> switch off now, yeah. please, because I would. And sorry, can I just say one more thing? Yeah. If nothing else, tonight was worth it to have Paul Daniels sing the theme from Wizbit in the same room as us. My highlight. Yeah, I've ne- never in my life did I think that would happen. Because and the it's... word there was highlight, by the way. Yeah. How is the rap? <laughs> Very nice. And, and that's how I linked it in my mind, because he was talking about inventing rap. It all makes sense. It does. Full circle. Full magic circle. Yes. Bye. Bye.